Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Signs was another example. Why did they come try to colonize the world when they could get fucking taken out by water? It's mostly they, water. Why do you think that they're sitting around talking about, oh, well, they got a lot of H2O down there. We they, might want to. Maybe they've never seen motherfucking H2O. Well, maybe hell, maybe where they're from, they don't have it. So when they're going to that planet, do the research, bitch. Ah, <laughs> uh, welcome to Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies from people not typically depicted in scary movies. Oh, feels good. Feels good to be good. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be vaxxed, fully vaxxed and back in the studio. Drea, how are you? Fine. Fine. Yep. I like your glasses. Where are they from? Warby Parker? No, nah, bitch. These are Dior. You <laughs> okay, don't get that. well, okay, well. <laughs> mm. Yours are from Warby. I could tell. No, they're from Fabulous Frannies in New York. Shout out. Um, but the thing is, like, they're vintage '70s frames. So if I sit on them, they're dead. Like, if I do anything wrong, they bend out of place. Like, they're so incredibly scratched. I can barely see out of them. Anyway, but what I can see clearly is that we're in episode two of our fourth season in Scream Queen. Uh, we're back to our three act structure, as you know. This week, Act One, we're gonna pour one out for Mercedes Mason in quarantine too we're gonna talk about another one quiet place too and we're gonna end with a scream queen who spends way too much time in a bunker mary elizabeth winstead in 10 cloverfield lane take it away all right tommy so for our poor one out we're getting into miss mercedes mason as jenny in quarantine Two terminal we want to Give some ceremony to the untimely death of a character who maybe should have made it all the way through or didn't die in the right place. Uh, Mercedes Mason, you might know as Ophelia in Fear the Walking Dead, a character who ran away but still never got anywhere. Um, the essence of the quarantine movies is that some kind of errant strain of rabies has gotten out and is now turning people into zombies. The first one happened in an apartment building. And the first one was a found footage, one of those found footage um, movies that purported to be sort of like a documentary or was like a nightly news segment or whatever. And it was based on a Spanish horror film. The second one is completely different. Um, It's on a plane. And apparently one of the passengers got infected by whatever was happening in the first film. And it makes its way through the plane. The plane gets grounded. It can't go anywhere. They end up in the terminal. As you can tell from the title. Oh, I see what they did there. And, you know, it's all kind of twists and turns. People get eaten. People get bit. People get turned into rabies zombies or whatever. And Mercedes Mason and the final boy, this little boy, this little rug rat who has to be protected the entire time. I guess like they're going to incinerate the terminal. They've, they're, they're, they're making their way towards the end. And at the last possible second, homegirl gets jumped by one of these dudes. Well, one of these zombie dudes. They they fend him off. 
you know, and they're sort of in the tunnel making it towards the end and you see her kind of shake. It's not diabetes. You know, she's got, she's got the shakes a little bit. It ain't Alzheimer's, it's rabies. And you know, at that moment, because they see the literal light at the end of the tunnel, that that little boy is going to make it out. And she, who has been protecting him this entire film, gets bitten at the very end. And she's just like, go. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it without you. And she's like, go. Like her voice is like changing and she sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And she's like, go. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. And she's like, you have to go. And so he gets out. And then, you know, at the very last second, she like turns into a full zombie and is like trying to get at him through the grate. It's just, it's a mess because like, they did her character so wrong. Like a final girl does overcome every obstacle. She beats every baddie. She is resourceful. She is resilient. She is kind. She's everything that a final girl is. And they killed her right before the end. That's why I got to pour one out for Mercedes Mason because they didn't need to do that to her. Yeah, that sounds rude as shit. It was rude. Rude. <laughs> it was uncalled for. It was uncouth. And frankly, misogynistic, I believe. And racist. Mm-hmm. Because she sacrificed herself for the little white boy. <sighs> I guess what they wanted to do was set up a final girl and kill her. You know what I mean? Like, they wanted to subvert your expectation because, like, her face is on the poster She's the main character. She is the um, the stewardess of this plane. And you you follow her throughout the entire action. So I guess in a way, they were like, we want to set you up for the experience of like a final girl and like take that away from you. I think they broke they break rules when they do shit like that. That's just like how it's not supposed to play out. Yeah. And that this is after that threshold you were talking about, about the like the F-150 bro. Yeah, this is definitely a bro film, like a yeah. bro horror film. Because the thing is like, Prior to the broification of like the sort of Eli Rothing of horror and the saws and all that kind of stuff and the hostels, um, I was used to being scared. You know, I was used to pain, but these films focus on agony yeah. in a way that I don't like. It's not, well, not, fun's not the best word for it, but it's uh, it takes the fun out of horror mm -hmm. to some degree. Mm -hmm. Like I like to go and yeah, I'm seeing somebody get, fucked up you know but it's like there's there's an art to it mm -hmm. there's a story that makes sense there's humor in the right places if it's appropriate mm -hmm. that's how shit is supposed to pan out but yeah there is something it's like um people that like serial killers like like serial mm -hmm. killers mm -hmm. and shit mm -hmm. like they don't understand there's a difference between being knowledgeable on something and then taking it just a step too far and being swallowed by it yes yeah you know i feel like when you watch too much bloody fucked up shit you know, um, people being tortured, and which is mostly what these films depict. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's going to do something to your brain. Yeah. Uh, clearly, it's already done something to your brain. Mm -hmm, <laughs> You're mm -hmm. putting it out into the world. Oh, yeah. Um, it, Again, I, I don't want to censor anything like too extreme, but if there's no purpose for it, you know, uh, then I, I, I will question it. Yeah. And again, this just like hit a little close to home because, you know, we've been doing quarantine. And the, so these quarantine movies, I was a little bit like mayhem and like those kinds of movies where you're like in, you're, you're um, trapped in a space. It just hit a little different uh, just, in the pandemic. Just a, tad. just a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Great choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great fucking choice, Tommy. I just wanted to remind everybody where we are. <laughs> Just a little uh, trauma for that ass. Yeah, you know what I mean? But up, 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 it's trauma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're pouring one out 
for Miss Mercedes Mason. They did you dirty. I'm so sorry. And they did you dirty on Fear the Walking Dead as well. So <laughs> <laughs> here's to hoping you get some redemption, Mercedes Mason. We're getting into our main discussion, A Quiet Place Part 2. So let me tell you a little something about Quiet Place Part 2. This was the first movie I saw in a theater in a year and a half, like since pandemic. This was not a quiet place, bitch. This place was very loud. <laughs> to the point where I was like, I was like sitting there like, were movies always this loud? <laughs> like, was the theater always assaulting my ears like this? Or am I just like new? <laughs> oh, you that bitch that has to start bringing earplugs to the like, theater. I was literally like covering my ears. It's honestly, you know I'm a jumpy bitch. I can actually, I can still, what I've learned, this hack for myself, I don't have to shield my eyes as long as I plug my ears. Mm. Because sometimes it's the sound leading up yeah, to it that yeah. like really gets like me jumpy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So Interesting. I was, so, so at, at times this was a quiet place. So a quiet place too, um, so written and directed by, uh, what's his name? John Krasinski. Six foot three looking ass. Um, <laughs> it follows the events of the first film. So the Abbott family has to leave their home and venture into the larger world and sometimes discover that the greatest danger isn't the monster. Sometimes people are the greatest danger. But this also very smartly uh, picks up the day that the creatures landed in, an, in a sequence that I thought was so well done. And and it didn't it didn't explain anything. It didn't it didn't go into the origins of the creature. It was just like, oh, there's this thing far off. And then like sort of like in the background, some sort of noise is subtly building until you realize that they're being overtaken by these creatures in like a really, really bombastic way. I really adored that sequence. What did you think about it? Oh yeah. I mean, they were that that was such a cool way to like acknowledge films like War of the Worlds mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and The Day the Earth Stood Still mm -hmm. and even Independence Day, mm -hmm. you know, but um, I, yeah, you feel the tension and everything building up to that moment where they're sitting in the stands at the baseball game, watching everything happening in the, in the distance and realizing mm -hmm. shit's about to, you know, something's off. And it doesn't quite happen there. It's when they, they're walking to the, the car mm -hmm. And then, all, you know, they, all of a sudden, you know, that motherfucker, just this giant praying mantis or whatever the hell they are. It's a sort of like the dangers of suburbia because it's set in a town where you wouldn't expect. I mean, the thing is, like, those towns are totally beset by the opioid crisis. But it's like this suburban, um, all-American town that is then suddenly overrun you know, and there's something about playing and fucking with people's idea of safety. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm here, I'm safe, I have my family. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they've bought into the trappings of heteronormativity. Mm -hmm. They've the husband, the wife, the 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 two kids, and the baby on the way. You know that it's all like they got it all. You know, they I'm sure they got jobs. They know what they're doing. John Krasinski's fine ass, six foot three. I would pay to have sex with him. But like, <laughs> but but it is like the inversion of that safety. And I I liked how I I liked I liked how the danger um, came up in a place of safety. I think that's what horror when it does it does it well. Like with Chucky, like your childhood doll is the thing that's trying to kill you. You know, I like that a lot. I had some reservations about this film, but I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. 
Um, so when they so when the Abbott family kind of ventures out into the larger world, it's because of the events of the the, the previous film. John Krasinski is dead. Spoiler alert: he's he died to save his family. But they have figured out that by hooking up their um, child's hearing aid to like a speaker or whatever, it could overpower these monsters that have supersonic hearing. And they kind of walk into the world that way, and they meet what's his name from Twenty Eight Days Later. Killian. Killian Murphy, whose dick you definitely did see in 28 Days Later. <laughs> I remember that. Although you fell asleep during that movie, but I was up the whole time. And I oh, was I bet waiting you were. to see his swinging member. Um, and he's gone kind of feral. And you realize that he's the version of that family, but he lost his kids. Like, because we see him with the kids in, in the very beginning of the mm-hmm. film. We realize that, like, he has lost his children. And mm-hmm. he is an example of what they could be. You know, like, like he's a grim, like, um, portent of the future. Like, this is what happens when you lose your kids. I mean, they already have because they lost their baby in the opening of A Quiet Place Part One. Um, What did you think of him and his character and like his because he was really, really. It it turns out they were like friends back in the day, but he was like really reluctant to help this family. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was understandable because, yeah, he just lost his and life's different. And also you can't trust people. Uh, during, you know, that's what typically happens, unfortunately, during dire times like that. It just reminded me of like early pandemic when people was like busting each other over toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And it's like civilization is a very thin membrane. Oh, yeah. You know, you peel it back a little bit and people just get fucking vicious. Yeah. No, they're fucking stupid. But yeah. he's also an example because like the family, our family, the Abbott family in, in Quiet Place Part One and as they go into, they've been largely self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. You know, they've lived in isolation. They haven't dealt with the outside world. And they they just kind of like, you know, it's like the rich people in New York during pandemic who just like moved to their Vermont home, you know, to wait it out or whatever. Like that's kind of what they did. They were a little... They, even in this world, they were a little bit privileged, right? But Killian Murphy's character is someone who had had contact with other people, who knew how vicious other people were, who mm-hmm. didn't walk into the world with trust, who walked into the world with with reserve, but with strength, you know? Um, and I, I could see how his character got that way. And it was interesting to see him work his way out of it. Mm-hmm. Wish we didn't have to sacrifice a black character in order for him to get there, but <laughs> why? Why is it that I waited all, this whole damn movie for Jimin, mm-hmm. and then they show me they show me my boy Jimin, mm-hmm. and then they destroy his whole fucking world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they come up in this in the just like some people do mm-hmm. coming <laughs> coming up and motherfucking colonizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was fun. Killian Murphy brought that creature on board like fucking Christopher Columbus and Smallpox, bitch. Like, he just came in, ravaged that whole world. The whole, they were living comfortably. They were fine. They didn't know nothing about no space monsters. They did not ask for that. Mm-mm. And, and <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad about that that whole situation because these motherfuckers can't swim. Uh-huh. So, and, so I'm like, so uh, let them drown. Don't get me started let on them this drown. particular derivation of the plot because why the fuck... Oh, here we go. Are you some space demons but they, that's, landing on a planet that is argument. mostly water that's not an argument. and you can't swim? That's not an argument. You don't even, you can't even float. You just sink with but, your iron bodies. 
That's not an argument. That is an argument as I say it's an argument. (laughs) (laughs) I just did not understand why some space demons land on a planet that is mostly water and they can't swim. And you said the same shit about signs. Signs was another example. Why did they come try to colonize a world when they could get fucking taken out by water? It's mostly water. Why do you think that they're sitting around talking about, oh, well, they got a lot of H2O down there. We might want to. Maybe they've never seen motherfucking H2O. Maybe maybe where they're from, they don't have it. So when they're going to that planet. Do your not, research, bitch. They don't know what, until they have it. Scientists, they don't know the, until the they have it. Scientists, they can they, master intergalactic clearly, travel, but clearly, they don't know what water is. Clearly, they don't. I don't think you know what water is. I don't is. think you understand. I think you're thirsty. I, no, I think, <laughs> bitch... I am going to murder you is what I'm going to do. You ain't going to make it to see the premiere so of your show. So these scientists don't, I mean, these aliens don't have scientists to let them know what water is. They nev- never, uh, they've never been in contact with water before and they come to the earth with covered water and they can't swim. All I'm saying is when I figured that part out, I was like, mm-hmm, I'm a little bit checked out of this movie now. I mean, I the movie did not completely do it for me. I was not. I, I didn't like the first one like at all. Mm. And I'll be. I'll be honest. I laughed when that kid died. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. And you accuse me of not liking kids. Oh well, that little kid was annoying as shit. <laughs> and that was dumb as they fuck. They had no business having a baby and letting him run around. Mm-hmm. And that was annoying as fuck. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen that in real life. Like mm-hmm. I've seen that kind of oh, behavior. Oh yeah, that People white just letting kid. their kids mm-hmm. just running around. Mm-hmm. So I was just like. He's about to get eaten. Your baby's about to get eaten. Oh, your baby got eaten. Should have been running around like that. I was just like, you know, that I I laughed and people looked at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mostly me. Because I don't like kids that I don't want them to die. Just because I don't want them to live doesn't mean I want them to die. He's just saying that for the mic people. (laughs) I, I, I liked the ambition of this movie. I think it was... As a sequel, one of the more successful sequels. It was. I really liked Millicent, the mm. the deaf girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I really liked her character a lot. She came through mm-hmm. in like a big way because mm-hmm. uh, her brother certainly he was not. <laughs> he was a little bitch. Oh my god, he's, he's so gonna fucking go annoying. Kate in a vault somewhere. He's so fucking annoying. <laughs> trying to split his oxygen between him and the baby. <sighs> the baby has no business being in this world in a world where there's creatures who attack you i know i wouldn't live in this world because a bitch snores <laughs> they would come take me out of my sleep like that <laughs> i have borderline sleep apnea bitch like i would not live in this world <laughs> yeah i i was digging the uh reagan abbott played by millicent simmons i thought she did a really great job and i'm whatever happens in part three i'm like really excited to see what are they doing a part three they could I mean, I think they should. I mean, the thing is, like... It ended like they could. We talked about this with Fear Street, but it was, like, um, a new idea. It's not a remake. It's not a reboot. It's an original idea. And I think, like, I mean, if 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 the box office did well enough, they're going to give us a part three, right? Yeah. What I didn't like about this movie, and just between you and me, and no one else is going to know this, but just between you and me, from the trailer... I thought Jimon and was in the whole fucking movie. Yes. And they made us wait to the very end and then they killed his ass. Explain. But I also <laughs> thought that him and Killian were gonna be a gay couple. Because I mean, in the trailer it shows them putting did, the kids into a closet and I, I was I like, wasn't Aw, sure. Aw. I just thought they were homies. You wanted some you wanted a a, a sex scene is what you I wanted. I wanted some dick and butt and mouth. <laughs> dick and butt and mouth. <laughs> in that order. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I was set up to believe that they were going to be a gay couple with kids and they were not. I don't approve of, you know, gay couples having children because I don't believe in children. But <laughs> if they want to have them, that's fine. And I thought that's what I was getting set up for. And that's not what it was at all. So uh, I was upset. Yeah, that's false advertising. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, we call false advertising. We call bullshit. We call bullshit. Did you suspect? I didn't, I didn't think, I, I didn't think the water thing was I didn't think that was going to be a thing. I didn't, I didn't think there was going to be either. some island haven where there were people living without these things. Yeah. I didn't see any of that coming. I thought that was actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I was low-key hating all those people living on that island. Just privileged. <laughs> but just you got kumbaya and shit, like having chilling. fires and just making s'mores and bullshit and like having story time. Yeah. It was, that was that was like that Vermont situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting. And you know what? I... I thought the the water thing was funny, like mm. that they couldn't swim and shit, but it, it was also unnecessary. I was just like, you didn't even have to put that in there. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't bother me the same way it bothers you. I didn't say it bothers me. I think it's stupid. I think that's exactly what you I said. I didn't say that. I never said it bothered oh, me. Oh, it's stupid now? Whatever. It just, <laughs> I don't even think about it. I don't even care. It doesn't even matter to me. I think not at all. What about, what did you think of the, um those fucking cannibalistic, that little horde of oh, oh, white yeah, people. Yeah. And one of those guys that uh, was uh, that guy, Scoot, um, uh, Scoot McNary. He's in like everything. He was the main like scraggly looking dude. I don't know how they lived so long into this pandemic. <laughs> into that. <laughs> well, pan- because they already have all, they got all the diseases clearly. So <laughs> there is, he's in Narcos. He's like one of the main, and then he's in uh, the Monsters, Killing Them Softly. He's in a lot of shit. Scoot McNary, this guy. Move oh, your tiny computer. My computer is voluminous. Oh yeah, he kind of looks like um, Homeboy from Scream. Yeah, yeah, skeet. he looks skeet. Scoot looks like skeet. <laughs> <laughs> skeet, 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 motherfucker. <laughs> uh, the the yeah the the sort of like I don't know after times cannibalistic wounded looking ass people that little girl uh how i don't understand how they managed to survive that long into the sound pandemic and not yeah they got got taken out pretty easy well well maybe so okay i'm not going to give them any credit but maybe they knew that those things couldn't be in the water maybe they had seen Mm. that that's why maybe they stuck by the water Mm. that's the only thing that saved them because they were they were pure folk yeah they they stuck right by that water that's probably what saved them huh i think you thought more about that than the screenwriter did (laughs) (laughs) if we did get a part three where would you like to see them go Uh, uh well homegirl uh millicent or reagan uh i yeah i wanted to pick up from her her and her mama doing some badass shit out there. She's clearly the most interesting character in these films. Mm-hmm. And it, do you know if she's played by somebody who's deaf or hearing impaired? I'm pretty sure she must be. Cause I, I mean, at these times I'm pretty sure like people are pretty sensitive to that, but let me be certain before I say yes. I liked her character because you know, she, she, what she gives us in the sort of final girl trope is the kind of vigilance to want her family to be safe. And she's not afraid to venture out. You know, like her brother's a little bit. She cowers. She is a deaf American actress. Okay. Yeah. Um, so her brother's like a little cowery. You know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. he plays it close. He's kind of mama's boy or whatever. But like she's like, 
I'll go out there. Like, you know, there's something about her bravery that might be like tied into some sort of childhood ignorance. But at the same time, you know, you recognize that as like a character trait that will lead her into another film. You know what I mean? Like she's fearless. Yeah. And and yeah, she's she's a survivor. She's she's a final girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked that storyline. I really enjoyed like, yeah, Killian coming to her rescue and Mm -hmm. trying to be a better person. And right. And he gets changed because of her bravery Mm -hmm. and he sees something. I think what she does for us in the film is also what she does for him as a character, which is give him something to fight for. Mm hmm. You know, and like resets his narrative and 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 reframes the idea of what society could be. Then he came and destroyed it. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew as soon as they had a perfect idyllic island life. I was like, oh, this is going to get fucked up. Yeah, no, all these people is going to die. <laughs> oh, y'all showed up and I guarantee you brought something with you. <laughs> what I didn't get about Jaiman is he goes, he gives him a ride to this radio station this garage and then yeah. at the last moment it's like oh, my it, family no, no, it didn't make any sense it didn't it, it, he hid your okay so you put your son in this closet or whatever in his friend and he seemed like he knew what he was doing mm-hmm. you know like he was on it like him and Killian are about to fucking go handle things on that island mm-hmm. so for him to go run back out there that was what was that I, I it didn't make any sense no it didn't because that character existed to die yeah. He wasn't supposed to do anything else but die spectacularly. But it was like the way they did it, it was so careless mm-hmm. and it was there was no thought put into it. That's mm-hmm. what was so upsetting about that death. It was it was as if they forgot to edit it properly. It was yeah. like they like they did a one run through and then forgot to fi- finalize that piece. It felt unfinished. And I would I I wonder if I would feel the same way if it wasn't a black person because to see needless and black death on screen is it, not something that I. It, that's the other reason. There's yeah. only like two black people in the whole movie, uh, the cop and somebody else. So and and Jimin. So, yeah. So you, you and they're dark black people. Yeah. So you're going to recognize. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And then you took them out. It's fucking rude. That's all I have to say. It about didn't that. make sense. I, I just. I didn't want it. I don't think any audience member wanted it. So then I'm like, okay, so that's why they gave us death. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't believe it. Mm-mm. I didn't believe it because his for the little yeah. the little bit of his character that we did get, he, was he didn't seem he was like he was going to be the one who's going to waffle at the very end. No, he's a leader. Like a little bitch. Yeah, it didn't. It was just a disservice to his character. Yeah. I thought that was really hated lame. it. And I don't know who's... I would imagine the producers did that. Mm-hmm. That 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 sounds that seems like a move. Somebody would walk in there and be like, "No, we don't like that. Let's take that out and do some shit like this." Thanks. Yeah, and I or maybe Jimin j- pissed somebody off. Mm. Who knows? Mm. 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 I would like to mount that man. Tommy's been uh, <laughs> endorsed, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Forgive him. He's all right. I want. I think in the third movie, I do want to see the daughter. Big time. Like as the more of the central character again. Yeah. I wonder, like, would it be, I don't think it would be them living an idyllic island life though. No, 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 no. They're still out there like roughing it, but they have more, maybe they have more, I think, I think they're gaining more ground in the third film. Did they I, transmit something from the radio? Yeah. And then she, and at the very, the very, very end, she does that. And then that's how it ends. So you're like, it, it's set up for her to go out there and start taking these motherfuckers out. I feel like it would be like, um, like let's say for example, that after the second film, most of the people know how to get, like it would be her rooting out the last of these creatures. Mm-hmm. Maybe. 
Yeah. No, that's what I can see. I can see you're going around and taking them out. Overall, did a loud place do it for you? It was not a quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it better than the first one. Yeah, so, yeah, me too. And I think part of it had to do with that opening sequence. It, it, they killed it with that yeah. opening sequence. It was almost like a wonder because of how it like the camera moved with the characters. It was really, really good. It kept up the energy. I was I even before anything got scary, I knew something was about to pop. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just because of the way the camera moved with them and how it followed them and 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 like I was on edge. You know, I'm I'm want to be on edge. I'm a little bit of a jumpy bitch. Oh yeah, you but like it did it. it. Like, you the, like the, pain. the anticipation of it. Like there was something about it that was so electric and so kinetic. And mm-hmm. I really, really, really appreciated the opening sequence. So, good on you, John Krasinski. Yeah, good on you, uh, Jim Halpert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that meme where it's like he went from Jim to Jim and it was J I M to G Y M because he's all buff now? Oh, I know, <laughs> freaking Jack Bauer and shit. <laughs> I still can't buy him as Jack Bauer. No, I, I, I can't watch can't. any of those. No, he's always going to be looking to the camera and giving me a, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, should we get into our screen queen of the week? Let's do it. So this week, act three, the way we always end every show, we've got a scream queen for you. And you know, we don't always like to big up white women on this show, but sometimes there's one that just does the shit in a way where you're like, okay, bitch. <laughs> okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> and this week, it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead in 10 Cloverfield Lane, another <gasps> quarantine classic. Um, Claustrophobic. Bottle, in a mm-hmm. bottle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Underneath, the in a bunker somewhere. I'm curious, Drea, um, have movies like these changed for you since the pandemic? Uh, like those claustrophobic nah, existing I, in a couple of rooms. I think that they, I normally haven't liked that sort of film. I, I don't, the idea of claustrophobia like that very much does scare me, terrifies mm-hmm. me. Um, like with films like, uh, was it called host? Um, uh-huh, yeah, that ha- from there to, uh, current quarantine films, I think they're improving. Mm-hmm. I feel like because I already like to be inside, I'm already very much an introvert <laughs> mm-hmm. in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just watching a film like, it's kind of like watching my life mm-hmm. <laughs> already. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've, I'm low-key been ready for a pandemic. I know a lot of people say that shit and I really feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about 10 Cloverfield Lane and even something like Rope, you know, that exists in one place, mm-hmm. it's very, it very much feels like a play mm-hmm. to me rather than a film. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously 10 Cloverfield Lane gets bigger um, and starts bigger and ends bigger than than just like the one room that it's enclosed but in it for most of the film. But it mainly takes place, yeah. Yeah. And in that way, um, I'm, I notice like the blocking a little bit more, like the choreographing of the bodies and the space. Um, and there was a particular anxiety. I mean, shout out to John Goodman mm-hmm. because everybody knows him as Dan. You know, everybody knows him as dad. Like he's like, the, he's like a, such a father figure in television that for him to play menacing and he did menacing very, very well, I thought. Well, I mean, I guess if you know Coen Brothers films, you know he can do menacing pretty, mm. he's pretty mm. good. And I'll, like, so if you go with like uh, Raising Arizona, uh, he's, a, he's a nut in that. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a few other Coen Brothers films where he's a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. 
So, but he 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 did it in like the indie route. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really take the mainstream route with those kind of characters. Right, right, right. Yeah, even in the Big Lebowski, he's a weird army vet. Mm-hmm. You, you remember him in that? And mm-hmm. he's like a total dick to Steve Buscemi the whole time. Such an asshole. And but I still love him. He's always lovable, Dan. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. And I think that was a brilliant piece of casting mm-hmm. on their part because I did believe him. When he got a little bit softer in this movie. Because mm-hmm. at first he starts out very menacing and you're just like, this thick dude going to kill me. Mm-hmm. You going to eat me? Yeah. And then, you know, as they get further into it and they're playing board games, like da 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 da, you're just like, okay, maybe we're, maybe this is fine. And then they play that, I think it was like charades or something like that. And yeah. And he gets really scary and he's talking about Santa Claus or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he gets scary again. And you're like, this menace exists underneath the surface of this character at all times. You could always pick up that tension from him mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like, no matter how good things get, if you step on an eggshell the wrong way, he's going to get violent. Mm-hmm. And that just reminded me about being a child and being around meth heads. Because <laughs> like they... Because, like, meth was a big problem on the res when I was a kid. And, like, you know, they could be really fine and they they, they could be excited, you know, and then in the next second attack you. And I was like, oh, that's a funny parallel because, yeah, in Imperial Beach, it Mm -hmm. was meth was just all over San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was a big problem down there. And I, you, you know who was on meth. Mm. It was all mm-hmm. of the eyes. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I remember one time, this is a weird connection. Uh, my friend came over because she did some and couldn't go home. This is, oh. I was like 15, 14, 14. She came over like middle of the night, knocking on my window. I'm like, what the fuck? And we stayed up all like until like eight, nine in the morning watching Roseanne. Her, she couldn't go to sleep. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was just thinking about John Goodman and we were watching Roseanne. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Can't watch Roseanne no more. <laughs> uh-uh. That's another scary movie. Man, Roseanne done fucked that whole shit up for everybody. They moved on. They call it the Connors the now. The Connors now. Um, so Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I thought, did a really good job because like super competent, right? Um, fashioned herself because in the in the beginning we don't know whether this is just like a crazy man with a bunker or whether aliens actually have landed and it isn't until she makes a break for it comes to the surface and sees like a woman trying to claw her way into the bunker and like dies of noxious fumes or whatever that we then realize the stakes of the film it is aliens aliens are here we have to be in this bunker for safety and i think that's the point at which the, the sort of like trusting him starts to happen and he gets a little bit softer to her. But then immediately when he gets menacing again, she's like, I got to get a plan to get out of here. So mm-hmm. she finds a pattern for a hazmat suit or something like that. And then just starts to like make that out of plastic and like a plastic bottle and all that kind of stuff. She like does it in her room in secret. And so I thought in a, like she has all of the ingredients of like a great final girl. She's resourceful. Um, she is a quick thinker. She starts to realize when she, I think she has to fix a vent. And she realizes that this daughter who John Goodman has been talking about was actually a child that he fucked. Oh, shit. And like died in the bunker in like the vent space and had tried to claw something into the wall. And like like bits of her fingernails were like stuck up there and like, yeah, it's... I was like, well, you, why'd you have to throw that shit in there? But I mean, it... I get why they did it. You never know who you're going to get trapped in with during a situation like that. And mm. you don't know who you're, who you're with. You just never know what's going on in somebody's head. Yeah. And that shit is. Ooh. But I believed after that was established, I really believed 
in Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character and her desire to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about the acid? Um, I the, <laughs> the acid's really good. It's gnarly. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, I um I was watching it this morning and I was just like, oh yeah. It's, it was like seven thirty in the morning. I'm like, it's kind of early for this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her friend who's like been helping her this whole time, mm-hmm. there's that moment he's like, where do these scissors come from or something like that? And he's like, oh, I, I wanted to, he said something like I stole them because I wanted to feel powerful like you or something like that. And then mm-hmm. he just like throws him in that vat of acid. And I was like, damn, Woo. bitch. That was a little extra. Just a little John bit. John Goodman. I knew he, I knew he wasn't going to make it though. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then this film goes from being a bottle episode it goes from being confined to this one world to she finally gets out and john goodman is no longer the threat right she neutralizes him he gets incinerated or whatever and and a little bit of acid gets into him or whatever then she gets out and then it is actual literal aliens and then then the film shifts from being an intimate drama to sci-fi how do you think did it do you think it pivoted well completely Mm. i I mean it was you were in that world. I believed all of that shit was going down. Like I was able to take that journey and yeah, I stayed on board with it the whole time. You know what I kind of thought was, you know, when she leaves the bunker and she's in her hazmat suit and there's like a tear in it and she has to like duct tape it really quickly or whatever. And like, is like sitting there and like breathing heavily and then realizes that she can take her suit off. I feel like that was the first time I took a mask off outside. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause I was like, I would always go outside with mask on. And then I was like, is it okay? To, like, breathe fresh air? Can I, like, take mm-hmm. my mask off outside? <laughs> no, really. I, I'm still in that dilemma in some ways. Here in Los Angeles, like, just because, you know, as soon as they took down that mask mandate, I was like, not for me. Nope. Not sure for not me. Gonna, not going to be me. And it's weird because, like, I was, I, I'm working in a television room right now. It's virtual. But, like, I was like, so are y'all taking your masks off? And, like three quarters of the room was like no and then one quarter was like i i don't do it anymore it's like i i don't know it's not even coronavirus i haven't i haven't gotten sick with covid but i haven't gotten sick with anything like since i've been wearing a mask like i haven't gotten a cold or a flu or nothing i'm like i think i'm just gonna keep doing this uh yeah why not why (laughs) not stick to with that thing that's just seems to be working do you think cloverfield because like cloverfield paradox came after this and that was kind of shitty but like do you think there's a future for Cloverfield films? Uh, I mean, I, I this was the only one of these type of films that I liked. Mm. The, all the other ones I couldn't give a shit about. So you didn't like the found footage Cloverfield first one? Nah, it gave me a headache. Mm. I didn't like it at all. Do you like found footage films at all? Some of them. Okay. Yeah. I like those, um, uh, what are they called? Like re- Record or something like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. Like They're like an anthology series of like these found tapes. Mm-hmm. They're like snuff films or whatever. Those are kind of... Cool. So you're into snuff films, what you're saying? Big time. Okay. You're going to be on I'm my seeing... next one. No! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just asking because this film ends in a way where she's making the decision to confront. So she's survived her own intimate encounter with aliens outside of the bunker in the house, whatever. And she gets in the car and drives away. And then she hears a beacon or like she hears a radio signal that says, you know, we could really use anybody who's out there, any survivors, you know, we've, we were beating them back, you know, come to Houston or wherever she was, like whatever city she was by. And she makes the decision to like turn around and like go towards the city and like fight these aliens. That's why I was like, there's going to be an, 
we're going to follow up with her, right? I mean, I'm, there's always the potential to do so. And yeah, you could with this phone, but I, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. They, we go back to, to franchises all the time, yeah. like years and years later, decades later. So it it's, hasn't been that long since that film came out. I don't see why they they couldn't. Well, I mean, John Goodman's not coming back. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just, it, but they can bring back Homegirl. And, and and she's, I like her. I liked her in uh, Birds of Prey and all that shit. She's good. Oh, right. She was in Birds of Prey. She mm-hmm. does a re- she's like a really good action star. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for listening to Scream Queen. We are produced by Kenya and Alex at Domino Sound. I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram because I deleted Twitter. And this is Drea Washington. You can find me at Hey Girl Hey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y on the gram. And in the scary movie of your life. You better. Scream Queen. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.